The title of my sermon this morning is Looking Forward, Persevere, and uh, Looking Forward to the Greatness of God's Divine Favor, Looking, Persevering Through to the Time of God's Favor, um, that we are seeing how that something or something done or granted out of goodwill rather than from justice or from remuneration, a kind act. So whenever we are thinking of favor, you know, thinking of receiving gifts, okay? Um, Whenever we give gifts, how many have, you know, you don't give strings attached. Well, you owe me now. I gave you this, you got to get me this. And I I like whenever people put a, and say, well, you know, we're all going to exchange a $25 gift, you know. So that either means some people spend too much and some people don't spend enough, you know. <laughs> we'd have the, sometimes we'd have the Christmas parties with uh, the clergy. And, um, you know, there was, there was like, they didn't put a minimum charge you down. So eventually they said at least $10. So you know how bad some of the gifts were, Okay. That you, if you brought a gift, you had to, you know, you couldn't get a gift unless you brought a gift, and um, you had to had to at least be a ten dollar gift. Because I remember one year we had Sister Eiler and Sister Byers here. They were many of you don't know or don't remember them, but they were retired missionary and minister. And Sister Byers had spent fifty some years in Japan as a missionary. Anyhow, they would go with us to these. Christmas parties, these Christmas gatherings for the ministers. And one year, uh, they did this, um, you know, you, you, you'd open a gift, and then the person who, uh, you'd draw numbers, and you'd go from one to 30, but the guy who got number one got to get the last gift, you know. And you'd open yours as number five, if there's somebody in front of you that you liked their gift, you'd go take their gift, okay? And so if you had, you were number 30, you could go from all 30, but number one got to choose everybody. Well, Sister, uh, Sister Byers was there, and, you know, she was, you know, elderly and, and, and so on, and she opened her gift, and she was so excited for her gift. And um, someone, this one guy, he, he opened his gift after hers, and he went to go take hers. She says, no, I want this. <laughs> You're not getting my gift. You know, and then then another guy, I think he spent a dollar and a half on a smile machine. You know what a smile machine is? It's fake glasses with two hooks for your cheeks. So that after that, we put in a minimum $10 gift, okay? So, yeah, so, so in, in, at the Christmas time and uh, during this Christmas season, season uh, persevering and looking forward to Christmas. Now, we think of, I think of um, Christmas as a time of giving and we're searching for gifts and good deals and, you know, searching for bargains and yet trying to get the, the best for the least amount of money. And so we wait for the sales. And of course, they had them going on on Thursday at five o'clock, the doors were opening. So you didn't have to wait up and get stampeded at 6 a.m. in the morning. Well, when we think of receiving gifts or giving gifts, we think of them from the perspective of giving out of the goodwill of our own hearts. You know, we, we think of giving from a perspective of what we would like to meet their expectations. And sometimes we have different ways of meeting people's expectations. Some have put very, very limited and structured 
um, ideas or behaviors upon gifts that they will give one this one gift this and one for this and you know um, I was I was shocked a few weeks ago to hear of uh, a lady she was her hers there were two sisters and they grow they grew up in this area and they were now elderly and we were talking and she says well you know when we were growing up we never never got any gifts uh, there, was not, there was not an exchanging of gifts. There wasn't a putting up of a tree or anything like that because their mother at that time couldn't handle, for whatever reason, um, the Christmas season. So they were not allowed to give or receive or put up a tree or any type of, of remembrance of the Christmas season. Well, she said, and at that time, when you would go to school, the teacher would have the students say up and stand up and say what they got for Christmas. And... Her and her sister, she said, we had the best stories of anybody in the class because they would always make something up, you know. So they would make up the best thing they could because, you know, they didn't have anything. They, were never, they never exchanged it. So, but the idea of persevering, that not being like others, not having the same expectations, not having the same desires to give, not having the same desires to be a recipient, so you see, there's a lot of things that go on that we have to persevere through. And the Bible says to add to your perseverance, patience. It's funny that, the, that those two would go together because be patient in your persevering. You know, if I'm persevering, it means I'm pushing through something and I want to get through it and I want to get through it now. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want patience. I want I want to be done with it, you know. Let's get there. You know, it's like kids for Christmas. Why do we have to wait for Christmas? What'd you buy me? Can I have it now? You know, uh, one individual, <laughs> I guess we're in good hands here, um, went and found where their parents had stashed the, the gifts, you know, and they went and looked at them and stuff, and then the parent took all of the gifts back and they didn't get anything for Christmas. I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, I don't think that's very good. <laughs> but you see, people have different, different ways of, of, of what they should get and how they should get it. Um, I remember in, in Sunday school when I was a kid growing up, you know, we, we didn't get that much, but, you know, we got some things, you know. But this one kid, he, I remember talking to him, well, what did you get for Christmas? He pulls, I got a belt. I said, well, what else? He says, well, nothing. I got a belt. <laughs> No, and that's what he got for Christmas. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's overrated. <laughs> sometimes we have, um, we have more of a department store underneath the tree. <laughs> and sometimes we have one gift under the tree. And, and in reality, it, it's what goes into the gift and from the heart and what your perspectives are and what your family values are and how that you, you look at this. And, but we think of, okay, if we were a person who buys a department store and puts it under the tree, and then we go and we see one gift under the tree for someone, we'd feel like, wow, that's really, that's really not very much. Or the person who never had a gift in their entire life, they never had a gift. And if they had one gift under the tree, they would be like, wow, blown away with excitement. And sometimes whenever we, we use that perspective 
in how we expect from God. We use that, that same thing in how that we would perhaps want to pray or ask God for something. You know, God is not the, I remember uh, the Sears catalog. Anybody remember the Sears catalog? It's about two inches thick and it had everything in the world. The Sears Christmas catalog. It had everything in the world. And we used to take it to the outhouse after Christmas. But uh, <laughs> this we did. She didn't, say she, she didn't know that part about this sophisticated person. Yeah. Yeah. We had to ditch the outhouse whenever the dairy, uh, the, far, the uh, new regulations went into dairying, you know, so couldn't have an outhouse, so that had to go. But um, you go through the, the, the Sears catalog and you would have these, you'd circle and put checks against all the toys and everything that you wanted and, and then you'd have to go through and cut that in half and then cut that in half and then maybe you got one or two of those. But being, God doesn't send us a Sears catalog. He doesn't give us the Bible and say, okay, here's the, here's the wish book. What do, you want for, what do you want for life? What do you want for Christmas this year? And, and, and sometimes we think, well, the promises that God has given to us in the Bible, that they're just like a wish book. And it's not that way at all. God's promises in the Bible are given to us so that we can believe and that we can request. What is it that you want? Sometimes we don't get because we don't ask. I didn't know you wanted that. Why didn't you say? You know, so sometimes in our faith, we don't get because we don't ask. And God, out of his good measure, out of the goodness of his heart, out of his mercy, God wants to bestow his gifts upon us. And the gifts that God gives to us are specifically for our work of service to him. Now, so as we are looking at our life and how that our life is unfolding, how that we are looking forward, many times we don't look forward to him much, <laughs> but we, we need to look forward and that at the same time we are persevering. And in our persevering, we are um, having faith. We are being patient that God is at work in all things. So therefore, God is going to work all this stuff out to a, a divine good in our lives and for a divine purpose. But can we persevere and can we believe and can we be at peace in this whole process? That's what's hard. You know, God is saying that he is going to give to us whatever we have need of in our life, okay? What is it that you need? Not, not what you want, but what is it that we need? What is it that if God, if God, well, he does tell us, God tells us in his word that, okay, here it is, here are the promises. Now, which one of these promises is most important to you? And what is most important about that promise for your life now? What is most important about that promise? You see, do we, do we need healing? Do we need strength? Do we need finances? Do we need um, you know, forgiveness? Do we, need the, do we need faith? Do we need wisdom? You know, what is it that we need that we're, that we're lacking? I need a 10-point buck tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Oh, well, 8 o'clock, okay. So that's what I need, Lord. <laughs> 
Well, I used to sit out there. Sometimes I would, I mean, I was, I was a poster. You know, I would go and sit, and I'd be there at 6.30 in the morning, and I would be there till dark. Same spot. Talk about blind. You know, but sometimes I, it was very fortunate because, well, at that time, I had a nephew that couldn't sit still, and he and his friend couldn't sit still. So I knew if I waited there long enough, they were going to bring something in front of me, you know, because they were walking all the time. You know, they never shot anything. All they saw was tails running, and they would go chasing the, the deer, and eventually they'd come back to where we were at. So I, I didn't mind that at all. Sitting around, I was 10 for 10 one period of time, and I had two dogs running through the woods. It was my nephew and his friend. So... So perseverance in, in hunting for that would be a post, somebody who sits, or perseverance would be someone who stalks. Persevering would be being there through the whole, through the time period in which you are, you know, said to be out there hunting. Some hunt for two hours and they go home. Some hunt all day and some hunt every day, all day for the whole period of time. Some, I had friends uh, in, our, uh, in a church in Katanning, they would hunt, they had two weeks off for hunting. And that's all they did was hunt, you know, and if they got a deer, they got uh, other friends together and they would go with them until they would just hunt for two weeks. They were their dogs, so. But, so whenever we think about perseverance, it's, you know, and how about at Christmas now? What do we have to persevere through at Christmas? Well, we have to per- persevere through those of you who love to shop. You have to persevere through the crowd. You have to persevere through getting to the mall or getting to the store and buying and wrapping and, you know, everything else. (laughs) So persevering then, uh, some of you were persevering, looking forward to the the doors opening at 5 o'clock and you were going to be there. Um. But, you know, persevering is also, um, you know, like the, the, the commercials on TV for the children, the children that are in need. You know, I, I think it's St. Jude's has that little boy in, in the wheelchair, and, and he's, very, he's very eloquent, and he's very appealing. And, you know, he's the epitome of what we need to give to to help. And so persevering is they are persevering for pushing through all of the everything that everybody can be looking forward to doing during the holiday season and their St. Jude is the they're trying to get people to give to them people give more in this holiday season than in any other time of the year because it's sometimes it's some way connected to the the goodness of our own hearts wanting to give and if you think about Christmas and you think about Christ, it is God's gift to us. In the early church, the early church did not celebrate the birth of Christ. They celebrated the death and resurrection of Christ. It wasn't until centuries later that we started to celebrate the birth of Christ. So what was most important was not only that Jesus came, but what was most important was that he died and that he rose again. And so whenever we start putting this together in our faith, it is not only that he died, but that he came. And that he was a willing sacrifice. Before the beginning began, God was there. Before the foundation of the worlds, Jesus was committed to be the sacrifice for our sin. So before there was ever a failure, 
God had planned for that failure. And so we think about in our lives that God has planned for our lives and it has nothing to do with our failures. It has to do with our bringing ourselves together with Christ and with Christ and his power and his word. So his word is coming to our lives and touching us in a very real way. So we are persevering through the difficulties. We are persevering through the problems. We are persevering through the doubts and, and through our times of discouragement or, you know, wore out or whatever. We're persevering because something done or granted out of the goodwill rather than from justice or remuneration. God is rewarding us not from justice, not, for, not as payment for our work, but out of the goodness of his heart, and that is called mercy. You see, but God, who is rich in mercy, Romans, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy, that God is rich in mercy, so God is the one who has, as it were, the bankrolls of heaven, that there is no shortage in heaven of anything that is needed on earth. And so God is rich in mercy, meaning that he is not going to reward us uh, according to our um, merit. He is going to give to us out of the goodwill, out of the goodness of his nature. And so he is rich in mercy. Everything that God has is at our disposal. And it's not for us to have a wish for, it is for us to have faith for. Faith to believe that that which God has, that exists in the spiritual realm, that is there for us, our faith is bringing it from the spiritual realm to the physical realm. And our faith is saying, God, I believe and I thank you for. God, I believe you have this, and God, I thank you for bringing it into my life. I thank you for putting that in my life. Now, we can't be, if you're not thankful for what you have, more isn't going to change it. We have to be thankful for where we are at and what we have and what God is doing and how that God is working, and we are persevering through the times, uh, difficult times, or for the just seemingly everyday times. And we are being patient because if we keep doing that we sow our seeds in faith that we will come again reaping a harvest if you don't faint, if we don't give up. We don't give up on the cause. We don't give up on our faith and what God is going to do in our lives. But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, because of his great love, which he loved us, See, when God is rich in mercy, he gives to us out of the goodwill of who he is. And that he is rich in mercy. That he is rich in mercy and he gives to us because he loves us. You know, most of the time, well, many times, you know, we, we, we associate love with, um, you love me, I love you, do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad, you know, God, you know all that kind of stuff. But God isn't in that type of a human relationship. God is in a merciful relationship in which he loves us. Now, sometimes he turns us over to our sins. <laughs> sometimes he allows our sins to have their effect upon our lives. But God is not causing that. Our sin has done that. But anyhow, he has given us his grace and his mercy to give to us the blessings that we need in our life. So, 
He ra- and he says, he loves us and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has raised us up. He, he has brought us all together so that we can sit together. I used to read that and I would think, okay, God has us together so we can all sit together. You know, let's everybody on all sides sit together in the middle, you know, and we'll be together. <laughs> we'll sit together. Well, not only is it that we are here to sit together as individuals, but we are sitting together in Christ. Christ is sitting together with us. So Jesus is sitting with you. So I want you to turn over and say, hello, Jesus. <laughs> no, it isn't him or her. It's G- <laughs> You're Jesus? Oh, boy, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. Does Jesus look like you? <laughs> But you see, we are sitting together in Christ. So we are here with us. He's not abandoned us. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. And we can do nothing to make him love us less. And we can do nothing to make make him love us more. He loves us to the, the extent of his character and that nothing can change that. So in this foundation of this relationship with Christ, We are put together with him. He and us, we and him. We're joined heirs with Christ. What's his is ours and what's ours is his. He got the short end of the stick on this one. But in reality, he wants to give to us what will complete us, what will help us become that person, that person full filled to the character, filled to the point of where God wants to take us and use us and whatever he wants. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give it to all men liberally and doesn't withhold anything. God gives wisdom. This is the wisdom of Solomon, that natural wisdom of experience and, and understanding and insight, the application of things. God will give that to us. All we have to do is ask for it. If any of you lack faith, say, God, I need more faith. Okay, I got lots of that stuff here. That's on, that's on, shell, that's on line 13, <laughs> aisle 13, bin A. Been to Walmart, ask for directions. Go down here and turn left at aisle 13. Okay, you've never been there. Okay, so, so God has all, that, all of these things, these giftings there, that are there for us. And he wants us to ask. And then he wants us to thank him. Thank him for those gifts coming to our lives. You know, if, um, if your children or grandchildren come up and say, pop up, <laughs> that's what I get called, pop up. Yeah. Thank you for getting me this toy so-and-so for Christmas. Well, how do you know I'm going to get it for you? I didn't get it yet. And every time, we go, thank you, you know what would happen? We'd buy him the toy. Why? because we don't want him to be disappointed. He has that much faith in us that we wouldn't want to disappoint their faith. Our Heavenly Father is not trying to teach us a lesson. (laughs) Our Heavenly Father is not about straighten up and walk the line. He's about giving to us the gifts that we need to fulfill the work of purpose in our lives. So persevering. Seeing ourselves through the difficulties. That in the persevering, we are patient, not just with the circumstances, 
but we are patiently waiting for God to work in our lives, to continue the work in our lives. God is trying to do something. What is he trying to do? He's trying to make us into the image of our Savior. Okay? And he's trying to make us into the image of our elder brother. You know, you just kind of look like Jesus. <laughs> you know, we have people say, well, you know, you look like your brother, you look like your dad, you look like, you know, your relative or uncle, whatever. But you see, every one of us are in the image of our father and the image of Christ. And whenever we allow his love and forgiveness to be part of us in this persevering, you know, Jesus endured the cross for the, joy that set was, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he persevered through the death of the cross. Because at the end of the cross is the resurrection. At the end of the resurrection is us. And the joy that was set before God was you and I, that we would be part of who he is. And that we would be in a position, we would be in a position to be recipients of what God wants to bestow upon this world. And the gifts that we have that God wants to use in us to bestow upon this world is that when evil comes in, okay? When evil comes in, like a flood, God is gonna raise up a standard against it. And where is that standard? Where is that flood overpowering the iniquity in us? Whenever, it, that's you and I, that whenever the, the evil comes in and God quickens our hearts and the spirit is alive within us, it overpowers, it just overflows and floods the enemy and just changes everything. I heard the story of this man who was, you know, his mother was in church, but he was a, he was a um, biker and uh, he was constantly drunk in jail and high on drugs and his mother was constantly praying for him, but he had gone through years. He never was even sober. And he was going to kill himself. And the day he was going to kill himself, he says, well, you know, before I kill myself, I should go to church. <laughs> and so he went to church, and while he was at church, he gave his life to Christ, and he now is a minister, right, ministering to, to bikers. But it was his mother's prayers that continued to give him the strength that when the time came for the evil to come in and, like, as it were, destroy his life, that the prayers of his mother and the prayers of the people that were godly for his life just overpowered that evil. And he was clean, and he ended up being a, a minister to bikers. So you see, in our lives, we are the standard. We are the power of God to, to come against the evil of our society, the evil in our family, the evil in our neighborhood, the evil in our nation, that we are, we are the power of God to overcome that. And you see, God wants to bestow that upon us. That's why we're here. We're here to receive the gift of God's power, to fill our hearts and lives, that we, in our, the simplicity of our smile and the simplicity of our faith and the simplicity of our thanking and being kind, we are flooding into people's lives over which they didn't have those gifts before. So we sit together in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, looking forward, we persevere. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace 
(laughs) The exceeding riches of his grace, his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, you see, we're headed forward. Our, Our future's in front of us. Our future's in front of us. We learn from our past, but our future's in front of us. We persevere through the difficulties. We walk with God step by step, knowing that he is with us. We're never abandoned. We're never forsaken. This, too, is going to be part of my learning process. This, too, is going to be part of how God works in my life to bring more of his awareness to me and to the people around me. You see, so Christmas becomes not only a giving and receiving of gifts for our own lives, but it becomes a place in which we share the gifts of God and his grace and his mercy. You see, that in the ages to come, looking forward, we're going to see his might. He will show us the exceeding riches of his graces. You know, the exceeding riches of his grace. Mercy is giving to us what, you know, we should deserve. We deserve punishment. His mercy says no. And the graces, the grace of God is bestowing upon us just to give to us what we need. God wants to, you know, you need this. (laughs) You need this. You need this. And so we open our hearts and say, God, thank you for giving to me everything that I need, even though I don't know how to pray for it as I should. You'll pray, for, you'll pray through me by your spirit, and I'll be a recipient of everything that I need from you. God, you're going to give it to me. So it's like a, a soldier being uh, equipped for battle. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. One of the scriptures that I was going to read here. Um, Wherefore, Ephesians 6, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And you skip down to verse 18, and it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Meaning that while we take on the armor of God, we're going to go face to face in the battle. And so in the battle of life, we have the armor of God. And in the battle you persevere. And so we are going into battle and God is saying, Here, here's, the army that, here's the armor that you need. And you think about maybe someone who is sending you on a, you know, if you were in the military, they'd be sending you on a mission. You don't know where you're going, but they know where you're going and they know what you're gonna need when you get there. So they prepare you, train you, and give you all the equipment that they, they have for you to take with you to that point in the, in the battle. God is doing that already. He's giving to us everything we need so that we can persevere through today and tomorrow. (laughs) So that we can persevere and that God will reward us richly with his grace and his mercy so that all that we have need of, he will give to us and we will be that standard. When evil comes in, like a flood, God will respond to it, and that's you and I. Amen. Shall we stand? So, Father, we are grateful to you that you have given us the strength to persevere. God, you give us the strength to look forward. 
God, you've given us the ability to look beyond that which is in front of us, that God, you have something greater. You have something better. God, you have gifts that you have not yet bestowed upon us. You have answered prayers that we haven't even prayed for coming our way. You have blessings that we haven't even thought of. God, they're coming to us. And so, Lord, we open our hearts and our lives to be recipients of your blessing. We open our lives to be recipients of the gifts that you bestow upon us. As we prepare for the battles before us, the victory ahead of us, the strength that we need, God, we know that you will provide. So bless us and may this Christmas season be a very special season in which we see your provision given to us each moment of each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.